All right, welcome to The Journey with Ray Spelbrick. I am him, I am Ray Spelbrick, and we want to welcome you to our Facebook Live online church service today, and we will resume with the message here. Uh, we pray that it is a blessing to you. And I've got a little prop I'm going to use. On the podcast, you cannot see this, but I've got a prop here that I'm going to use. Change my hands here. And uh, it's, a, it's a walking stick. Now, I had... I had probably six or eight walking sticks, and I got rid of all of them. I had one that was personalized with my initials, and I had an eagle on it. I thought I still had it. I went looking for it uh, Friday night, and I couldn't find it. And so I, I put a message out on Facebook saying that I was looking for a walking stick, and, uh, and, and I, you know what? I ended up with two of them. So I'm so thankful. And this one, actually, he engraved my name on it. So this is definitely my walking stick, my dear. Yep. And if you're nice to me, I'll let you use it if you need it. But we're going to talk today a little bit about Moses. So I needed to have a stamp. I needed to have a walking stick here. And you might recall, we're going to re- take up here where uh, where. God had called Moses from the midst of the fiery, uh, from the midst of the fiery uh, bush, the burning bush, and he called him with a specific calling to go and lead his people out of Egyptian bondage. So uh, we're going to resume that here, and we're going to be in the book of Exodus, chapter four. We're going to read verses one through five. Exodus. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible, as I normally do. Moses answered, this is an answer to God's call here. Moses answered, what if they won't believe me and will not obey me, but say the Lord did not appear unto you? The Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A staff. Moses had his staff. He had his shepherd's rod, his shepherd's staff. Um, And and, and he said, a staff. Throw it on the ground, he said. So Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Now, I'll I'll tell you what. I'm not going to throw this on the ground, because if it became a snake, I would run outside from it, and Cindy, you'd be on your own to deal with Uh, it. Yeah, yeah. But there is a back door, right? Right. Anyway. Uh, but uh, but it, it, he threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Verse 4, the Lord told Moses, stretch out your hand and grab it by the tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it and it became a staff in his hand. This will take place, he continued, so that they will believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. God was going to use something very special, something very practical, something that Moses carried with him to accomplish these things. So God called Moses from the midst of a burning bush while he was tending sheep on the backside of the desert. I know I got this thing cutting out here on me again. So, so um, Moses was told that he was going, you know what, I'm just going to put it down. Look it up. You're loud enough. I'm loud enough. <laughs> I might as well go ahead and turn it off. We all know you have a pretty big mouth. So I've been told. So God told God called Moses from the midst of, of a burning bush while he was tending sheep on the backside of the desert. So, so and Moses, by the way, was 80 years old 
when he was tending sheep on the backside of the desert for his father-in-law. So Moses was told that he was going to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. This was his purpose for which he was born. Every single one of us has a purpose. People wonder from time to time, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is God going to do with me? Or what is God's purpose for my life, for here, for being here, for right now? I don't know what it is for you necessarily. I know what my purpose is. And it took me, I was pretty young when God called me. And, and, and I'm still fulfilling God's purpose in my life because it's not necessarily just a one-time thing. <clears throat> it's not necessarily just a one-time shot. It's an ongoing thing so that you can fulfill the purpose God has for you and be all that God wants you to be. Moses was told that he was going to lead the children out of Egyptian bondage. That's his purpose. And it took better than 80 years for this purpose to be revealed and for this purpose to be realized. Can you imagine going 80 years and not knowing specifically necessarily what God's purpose was for you on this earth? Moses had some excuses, just like us. When God calls us to do something or when God leads us to do something, we can come up with some excuses, can't we? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I can, when God called me, I had excuses. I said, and, and mine, in fact, mirrored uh, Moses' excuses. I said, uh, there ain't nobody going to listen to me. There's nobody going to listen to me. And, and, you know, and, and so it's just no reason for me to do that. But Moses had some excuses. He feared rejection and he feared failure now who among us does not fear rejection who among us does not fear failure we don't want to fail at anything we do and we certainly don't want to fail at serving god we don't like rejection that's human nature we don't like to be rejected we don't like to be made fun of but yet that happens but um so you know, his fear was caused by worrying about how the people might respond to him. And that's where we get caught up sometimes. We, we get, well, this might happen. We often panic over what might go wrong. Perhaps Moses was recalling some past failure. Perhaps he lacked self-esteem. And, and you know, because after 80 years, certainly uh, there, there's a good possibility that there were some failures, some rejection in his life. We know there was rejection in his life, in fact, if you go back and read earlier chapters. And, uh, but he did make it into God's hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And praise God for that. But, uh, but, uh, but, but you know... He was recalling some past things. He was worrying about uh, things that might happen. And sometimes we get wrapped up in the what ifs. Well, if I, if I, when I went out to do this, or if I were to step out, what if this happened? Or what if that happened? Who cares? Well, what if somebody laughs at me? What if somebody makes fun at me? What if somebody spreads gossip, spread rumors about me? Who cares? Trust me. I've had all kinds of rumors and gossip spread about me all over uh, Illinois. 
I don't care. You get to the point in your life that you decide, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to fulfill God's destiny for my life. I'm going to fulfill God's plan for my life. And I don't care what anybody else says. And that's what you got to do. You need to have that kind of mindset. You need to have that kind of mindset. God countered Moses' excuses. And, uh, and, and what he said, he asked, he asked Moses in verse 2, what is that in your hand? What's that in your hand? Moses carried his staff with him everywhere he went. Being a shepherd of sheep, he carried a staff. <clears throat> he had a big stick. <clears throat> he might say, God doesn't ask us to go where he has not provided, uh, provided the means to help us. One of the, there's a quote that I learned early on in my Christian walk. And I got saved when I was 11. So I'm not sure if I was a teenager when I learned this, but I know I did write this in the back of my Bible at the time. And uh, that quote is, where God guides, he provides. And I truly believe that if God guides you to do something or is leading you to do something, he will provide the means and the way for you to accomplish that which he calls you or leads you or guides you to do. So where God guides, he provides. We must trust him to supply the courage and the resources we need at the right moment. That's why it's a faith walk. We step out in faith, not seeing any way but God meets you. Sometimes he waits to the very last moment and, and he comes, comes across and he meets the need on your behalf. He meets your need. Remember, God's never in a hurry, but he's always right on time. Never in a hurry, but he's always right on time. He may wait to the last, almost the last minute, almost the last second, but he'll be there. You can't outmaneuver God. God's already there. He knows where you're at. So let's look at, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, God's question was simple to Moses when he asked him, what is that in your hand? God diverted Moses' attention from what might happen tomorrow to what is that in your hand today? He brought him to the realities of today. And folks, we need to face up to today's realities ourselves. We are living in a time right now. We're living in a day right now with all that's going on around our world, all that's going on in our country. And that, that, that we're, there's a lot of uncertainties. I know that term has been overused, but I've been using that term for many years now. And there are still a lot of uncertainties just in this life itself. And Jesus mentioned <clears throat> these uncertainties himself in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Jesus said, these are the red letters, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or what, about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. 
Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first, and that's the key right there. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And to that I say, amen. Isn't that the truth? Each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day has multiple temptations sometimes. Each day has uh, the number of trials sometimes. Each day we encounter uh, attacks sometimes from the uh, spiritual forces. Each day uh, we encounter things. And so we don't need to be concerned about tomorrow. We need to live in the now. Don't be concerned about the past. The past is gone. It's done. And Paul said, I'm not going to look behind, but I'm going to press forward. And we're going to live now. There's a very scriptural way to live. It's easy to dwell on tomorrow's problems in our day and age. Will there be another great depression? That's a a big question right now. Will I be able to pay my bills? There's a lot of people stressing over that right now. Will I be able to afford food with the price of uh, many of the food, much of the food going up? Will I be able to buy a tank of gas? Thankfully, that's come down right now. Will I ever feel good again physically and emotionally? You know, the people are stressing over these things. And by the stress itself, it brings them down. It, it, it discourages them. God turned to Moses and, 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 and to the one question that he could answer now. What is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? There was no excuse for not answering this question. It was a simple question. We each need to face the questions we can answer today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Live life today. Answer the questions today. Give God glory today. Follow today. Seek God's kingdom first today. And he'll provide all these other things. Now God's question was a strange one in verse 2. What is that in your hand? It was strange because God already knew the answer. He was communicating with Moses through this bush that commenced to catch fire, but never consumed. It was strange because Moses had so little in his hand. He had but a stick, you might say, in his hand. But remember, little is much if God is in it. I remember a song we used to sing. Little is much if God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you'll go in Jesus' name. I found that to be true in my life. I don't have much to offer God, but little is much when God is in it. All God wants is us. Us. Individually. God just wants us. 
Moses could think of nothing of value, but Moses had a rod in his hand. He had a stick in his hand. But God would use that simple little stick. God would use the stick. I'm thinking of in Exodus 14, how God used that stick to, to open the Red Sea where it parted so the children of Israel could part and cross over on dry ground. I'm thinking of Exodus 17 where it brought water from a rock when they were in need of water. Give what you have to God and he'll use what you have. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Don't try to be something you're not. Be you. Be yourself. And I just blogged about that in my most recent blog. Be who you are and you give whatever you have to God. Okay? And he'll use it. For his glory and he'll use you because of what you have for his glory next God's question is the Savior's question the question Jesus is asking today what is that in your hand what is that in your hand what do you have that you can surrender to Jesus quite a question it's quite a key question there what do you have that you can surrender to Jesus? Your will for his is a key one right there. Your life, your talents, your abilities. The staff of God. And Moses took God's staff in his hand. Moses clung tightly to the shepherd's staff as he left for Egypt to face the greatest challenge of his life. The staff was his assurance of God's promise, of God's presence, and of God's power, because God said so. You know, thankfully today, we don't need a staff. I don't need this stick because I have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside. He indwells me. He empowers me. He leads me. He guides me. That's where it's at today. When feeling uncertain, some people need something to stabilize and reassure them. And I'll tell you what, this stick is good for that. When I go out, when I walk out, I'm, I'm a little unsteady on my feet these days. And when I walk out to the mailbox, I'll take a cane, I'll take a walking stick now that I have a good one. Because I, I, I sway a little bit. I, I stumble, even around here. But living in a small apartment, as I alluded to earlier, I got walls I can just hang on to the walls to get from room to room if I need to. But, but I have a stick. It will help to give me stability. You know, whatever God does helps to give us stability. So when we feel uncertain, but, you know, like I said, some people need something to stabilize them and reassure them. For assurance, when facing great trials, God has given promises from his word and examples of great heroes of the faith. Read. Hebrews chapter 11, and see the great things that God has promised us, are the great uh, men and women of God uh, throughout history, throughout Bible history even, throughout time, who made it into God's hall of faith. And yet God's saying he has provided some better thing for us. Oh, praise God for the better thing. Any Christian may cling tightly to them, to these promises, to the biblical principles. They are our modern day staffs. God will do more with you than you can. God will do more with what you have 
than you can even imagine, than what you can. Will you surrender all to Jesus? You know, there's, a, <clears throat> there's an old hymn we used to sing sometimes at the, altar call, at the altar call of our service. All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. And that's what we need to do, all to Jesus, all my life, everything I am, everything I've got, everything I'm not. Lord, take me, use me, put yourself on the altar, as it were. Lord, I surrender me to you. I surrender me to you. So will you surrender all you have to Jesus? If you'll do that, He'll, he will use your talents if you'll surrender them to him. He will use your abilities if you will surrender them to him. What's in your hand? What's in your hand that God can use? What's in your hand that God will use? What do you have to surrender to God? God sometimes takes joy in using ordinary things for extraordinary purposes. Let him do it. Let him do it. What are the ordinary things in your life? Maybe your voice. You can share your testimony with somebody. You can maybe teach a lesson. You can preach. Maybe even sing. You can use your voice. And an ordinary thing, but God can do something extraordinary with it. Maybe, maybe a pen. Maybe you could write a letter to somebody. Write a note to a friend. Right, uh, whether it's a written note, an email, a Facebook message. Uh, we have all kinds of means to, to, to write to people today. Use it. God can use something ordinary and make something extraordinary out of it. How about a hammer? Maybe you're handy at making things. Maybe you're handy at... When, when, when uh, this fellow contacted me about this, a friend of my son's, he says, I had this stick here. It was a stick. He said, if you're interested, if it, if it will work, then I and didn't have anything on it, didn't have anything on it, it was just a stick. So he, he uh, sanded it down, he stained it, he put something, uh, some rubber up here so I could hold on to, he put a bottom on it so it wouldn't kind of uh, mess up when I use it outside. It was something very ordinary, but I really appreciate it. Well, to me it's extraordinary that somebody can do something so quickly and so use what you have but if you're able to build things make things work in the church do some repairs god can use the ordinary for some and make something extraordinary out of it maybe a broom maybe you're a good cleaner you'd like to clean whether it's the building or or, or offering to uh, help somebody clean their house because, you know, they have a, a trouble maneuvering. Maybe somebody who has a disability or who, who their, their body doesn't bend. They can't get down to, to do some of the a major cleaning like they would like to. Offer your assistance. God can take that ordinary ability and do something extraordinary with it. Maybe a wrench. Maybe you're mechanical. You can work on things. I can take things apart, but I can't put them back together right. So that's not my gifting. That's not my talent. That's not my ability. But if it's yours, God can take something very ordinary like that and make something extraordinary out of it. 
and use it for his glory. What about a musical instrument? Perhaps you play a musical instrument. I don't care what it is. Whether it fits a guitar, a piano, keyboard, uh, a horn of some sort, a brass instrument, even a kazoo. I have a kazoo back here that I use from time to time. Something as simple as that. God can take the ordinary and use it for something extraordinary for his glory, for his purposes, for his plan. So what do you have today that you can give to Jesus? What do you have that God can use? First, give God you. Lord, here I am. Take me, use me, mold me, make me to what you want me to be. And then let him do what he wants to do with you. Let him use the talent you have, the abilities you have to bless other people. God bless you so much for joining us today. If you need prayer at any time, you can contact us. Um, I, have a, I have an email address, spellbrink at gmail.com. And you can go to my website, uh, RaySpellbrink.com and see all the ministries. It's kind of a hub for all of our ministries. We have new, uh, a link to New Jerusalem Singers, to New Jerusalem Ministries, to uh, my Facebook page, uh, my YouTube channel, my blog, uh, my podcast. So you can go to my website and get a, go to any number of things that we're involved in. And we pray it'll be a blessing to you. We pray that And thank you for joining us today. We pray we've been a blessing to you today. So God bless you. We will be back. Your podcast. My podcast. Okay, yes, yes. See, I did it again. I forgot the podcast, folks. All right, we want to thank thank you for joining us on our podcast today. And uh, we pray that uh, what what you heard today was a blessing to you. And we pray that uh, you will... Uh, be encouraged as you walk your journey. So until next time, enjoy the journey.